One evening at the beginning of April, Jean had gone off towards the Avenue de Clichy for his regular visit. But the concierge stopped him as he was passing and told him that the old gentleman who lived on the fifth floor was no longer there. Two days before, at five o'clock in the morning, the German police had come for him. Three of them were looking for him, said the concierge, all of them very polite, especially the tallest one, who spoke French. But as they were taking the poor man away, the tall one, obviously an officer, had turned around and said to her, Don't be upset. It is only a Jew. Some days after this, Radio Paris, which was German, announced that French terrorists had cut the telephone lines used by the German army near the coast of Brittany. As a result, ten French hostages had just been shot. Then one day, as I was coming out of the lycée at noon, a young man I didn't know took hold of my arm as I was going by. He drew me into the corner of the entrance hall and said to me in an anxious voice, The Gestapo arrested Gérard this morning. I think he's at the Santé. The Santé. It was the first time the name of that Paris prison had sounded so close and so personal in my ears. The young man went on, I'm Gérard's oldest brother. I'm in danger myself. Our father joined the Free French Forces in London last June, as you know. They must be holding Gérard as a hostage. I thought I should tell you, since you were his best friend. Three days later, I fell ill. I'm not sure whether it was because of Weisberg, Gérard, and the hostages. The illness itself was common enough. A bad case of measles declared itself in a few hours and broke out in a rash after four or five days. When it left me, it set a torrent of energy free. In the first hours of fever, it became obvious that my system was purging itself of a poison and spewing out foreign bodies. But the poison was moral as much as it was physical. Of that, I am sure. When the fever was at its height, I had the shivers. But strange as it may seem, my head was still clear, and I watched the battle going on. Emotions were driving my body and my mind every which way. Soon the notion that I was sick no longer mattered to me. This was no microbe of virus making its way in. It was resolve. It was driving me to definite destinations which I had not thought about before it came. This resolve gave me orders, telling me, first of all, that I must say nothing to my family, at least not right away. I must have a meeting with two of my comrades, with Francois and George by themselves. Even Jean would not be there. Later... I should have to get in touch with about ten more. The list was already made up. My new resolution didn't tell me what to say to them, and that didn't matter, for when the time came, I should know well enough. My only haste was to get my body well again, to risk it in the great adventure. On the first day of convalescence, I said to myself aloud in my room, the occupation is my sickness. There it was. I had grasped it the subject I must discuss with Francois and Georges. If I didn't know yet precisely what the occupation was, that was because it was too important and, after all, almost invisible. The Nazis had perfected a new way of inserting themselves into the body of Europe. They held themselves in rigid order, at attention, quite correctly, at least in France. They stole from us, looted us, taking home 85% of the agricultural and industrial production of our country. But they didn't talk about it, or hardly ever. One day, perhaps after several years had gone by, it would become clear 
that not a single Gerard was left in our France, not one free man, not one vice bear. At the beginning of May, I had adopted the ascetic way of life which befits a soldier of the ideal. Every day, including Sunday, I got up at half past four before it was light. The first thing I did was to kneel down and pray, My God, give me the strength to keep my promises, since I made them in a good cause. They are yours to keep as well as mine. By myself, I know how to do almost nothing, but if you will it, I am capable of almost everything. Most of all, give me prudence. Your enthusiasm I no longer need, for I am filled with it. Then I washed quickly in cold water and looked out of the window of my room to listen to Paris. I had become one of the responsible ones. It was the others, my